welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And Billy will not be here this week. Uh, as we mentioned last time, and I don't want to talk about the situation again generally, but Billy works in healthcare, and as everyone who's listening to this currently knows, there's a lot going on. So he's going to be real hard to, to nail down for the, uh, the, the immediate future. Uh, hopefully he'll be on a few episodes. We did push back the original show we were going to do this week to a game I know he was excited about. So instead, Jeremy and I are going to look at two different NES games uh, that are very similar and are also games that we have very similar backgrounds with. They were one of the few games we owned when we first got systems, and that explains why we played these games so much. I'm sure everyone's got a game or story much like that, so we're going to talk about those in a few minutes. But first, Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? Well, a little game called Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, and I'm not extremely far into it. I think I'm around like five or six hours into it. I think that equates to around chapter six of the game. And I don't want to sit here and just be like, man, this is amazing. And then get later in the game and just be like, ah, whatever. But so far, uh, this has been just about everything that I could hope for with, with a remake and calling it a remake is, you know, it's, it's a little, it's not quite what it is. Maybe if they would have called this Final Fantasy VII reimagining, because it is while it follows all the beats and everything of the original, uh, they've obviously had to pad out a lot of what was in that first section of Midgar. Uh, this is, you know, it it does a very good job in that first section of the game, the first chapter of going through there, um, fighting that first boss, shutting down the first reactor. I mean, that's almost step for step the original game. But after that, uh, they have really done a lot to this story, and they've added a lot. Uh, there are just uh, a lot of things that weren't in the original Final Fantasy VII uh, story-wise that they've just kind of tossed in there, uh, along with a lot of uh, you know things they've just kind of fleshed out, like the whole going back to Seventh Heaven, the kind of slum town. Um, they've added a lot of side quests in there and, and just being able to explore that whole slum and, and everything else. So they've added... A lot. And I could talk probably for an hour or more just, just about this game by itself. But so far, I think this is well worth the time that we've waited uh, because every time I sit down and play it, you know, I just get goosebumps all over again. It's just amazing to, to be able to play this game again and just kind of play the Final Fantasy that, I, I don't know, I, it just seems like this is... This is probably the game that I've wanted for a very long time as far as like Final Fantasy VII. We got Advent Children as kind of like a little movie thing. But just being able to play this is pretty special to me. I got, I mean, Final Fantasy VII was a huge, huge game. Uh, one of my most uh, nostalgic games I've ever played. You know, it's something I remember very dearly from back then. So just being able to, to see what they've done with this and, and how they've done it, it's, it's so well done. That, you know, it's just kind of like sitting down and, and watching a Netflix series or something that you're really into. You just want to keep playing. And so that's that's kind that's all I've been playing. And maybe I'll talk more about this next episode when Billy's around. But man, it's it's really good. Yeah, I, I want it. I've not picked it up yet. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's come out that I'm very interested in. And Persona 5 Royal, uh, the, the, I guess that's more of a direct remake uh, than a Persona 5, but it's also much closer. Uh, I did not grab it uh, as much as I want it uh, right now with the way things are. I'm just not comfortable dropping a lot of money on games. I'm only buying stuff that's either super cheap or something that I can't avoid like I did with Animal Crossing, uh, which is what I've been spending most of my time playing. I, I cannot explain 
if you don't play Animal Crossing and, and listen to the episode uh, that we put out about it and, and think, why would anyone play Animal Crossing? Then and I'm still not going to convince you otherwise. But, man, I spent three hours last night just staring at the sky in the game to capture stars. Uh, and it, <laughs> I, I don't know why it has taken over my time, probably because it is so... Uh, so much of an escape from everything else that's going on that I really like Animal Crossing. But the other thing I did, because I want Persona 5 Royal so bad, that I finally went out and downloaded on the Xbox 360 Persona 4 Arena, the fighting game. I've heard a lot of good things about how it kind of builds on the story uh, after 4 and kind of ties in 3 and 4's worlds together, uh, which it does so far. I'm not very far in it, but the story mode in it is really good at kind of... of filling in those gaps and making you feel like it, it actually fits in Persona. Uh, the fighting game itself, as we've mentioned during the month of fighting games we covered in, in February, I'm not very good at fighting games. This is a very, very mashy fighting game. In fact, it's set up so that you can kind of do these, these super combos by just mashing on two of the attack buttons over and over again. And as long as you're close enough and hit with like the third attack, you'll go into this combo thing that looks like a cloud of dust with these fists and stuff around it, like when you do the... Uh, the, the final attacks in, in Persona, when you get all the enemies weak and you can kind of go in for a charge attack. It looks like that. Uh, so it all fits in with Persona, but it is actually a really, really fun, mashy fighting game, but but also really fits in that world real well. And and because I wanted to play something that was more of a standard Persona, and I've never actually finished it, uh, I've started Persona 3 again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm working through those two things and Animal Crossing for most of my time. But I, I'm sure by next episode, I'll have also grabbed Final Fantasy VII uh, R... My brother has it, says it's great, uh, and, and I tried playing the original again when I got that PlayStation Classic, and, and while I remember it very fondly, I don't think the original has aged as well as it should, where everything I've seen on, on 7R so far looks really, really good. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about uh, next week. I know Billy was interested in it as well, so uh, we'll all find out what Billy thought. But now, this week's episode uh, is, is kind of on the fly. Jeremy and I were trying to figure out what to cover since the original game we were going to cover uh, kind of fell apart at the last minute when Billy couldn't make it. So we're going to talk about two different regular NES games that we both had and we put a lot of time in that if you gave somebody now, they'd think you're a crazy person for ever recommending. We're going to talk about both Alpha Mission for the Nintendo and Star Force for the Nintendo. There goes all the listeners. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, we uh, we I I know I've spoke about Alpha Mission uh, a good deal on this podcast. Uh, so I I've never played Star Force until this one. So uh, yeah, this this two two NES shooters that probably no one has ever played. Well, at least I mean we've mentioned Alpha Mission before uh, as as one of those games you brought up when someone asked for like what's a game you played a lot of that wasn't good or what's like one of the first games you had and you mentioned Alpha Mission was was one you had early on in your Nintendo owning uh, history and therefore you you played it a bunch and Star Force was one I'd say I had it it wasn't one of the first games I got but we didn't get new games as often as I remember getting them and and for birthdays every year you could go out and get a game 
uh, if you could find one, but we would only go to the local store. So Radio Shack had a handful of games that weren't very good, and like there was a Roses near me that may have carried NES games at some point. So I only had a, a small amount. That's why I ended up with things like Gutcha and TNC Surf Designs and whatever. But uh, but I got Star Force because it was one I'd never seen before. The, the box looked, I mean, very much like a standard space shooter adventure game, and I liked those sort of things. So I grabbed it and took it home, and uh, and and yeah, I spent. I spent days and days and days. I mean, I, I tried to get really far in this game. I never got extremely far. Even now, up to this point, um, I, I think I've only beaten six or seven levels in it. Uh, that said, you'll need to beat one to see most of that game. And we'll get into to Star Force uh, in more specifics in a minute. But I'd like to start with Alpha Mission because it's one you brought up before as a game you, you thought was really bad, but you spent a lot of time on. And I, it's actually available right now if you have the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection. You can have the NES version of this game plus the arcade version of this game. Yeah, these, uh, <laughs> these. I mean, the arcade version, I think, is definitely a better version of the game. But the NES version, I, I've told the story before on this podcast. I originally was saving up my money for um, Karnov. Yes, I was saving up for Karnov because I loved the arcade game and it had come out on the NES. And I'd played the NES version uh, at my uncle's house, and I knew I wanted that. I loved that game, and that's what I was saving my money up for. Unfortunately, Karnov was a full-priced game, and by the time I had saved up, I think, $40, every one of those dollars was burning a hole in my pants. And so all I wanted to do was buy a video game at that point. Uh, I don't know how many of, how many of you were alive back then, but $40 to a, uh, what, uh, back in 1980. Uh, 89, 88. It was very early uh, in the kind of NES lifespan that that was around. Um, that was a lot of money. And so like when I'd go to KB Toys, uh, I, I just saw those games. I just saw all of those games. And I was like, man, I have $40. And there are a few of these that are $40. So if I spend my money <laughs> on one of those three or four games that are like on clearance or on sale for $40, I could walk home right now with an actual NES game and I could play it instead of waiting another two months to save up 20 more dollars for Karnoff. Uh, so of course I, I went with the option of spending $40 then and not waiting and saving my money more. And I ended up with alpha mission and I'm not even the biggest fan of shooters on the NES. And I honestly can't say why I chose that one because I'm pretty sure there were some other games that were more in line with what I enjoyed back then, but somehow I ended up with alpha mission and I took it home and I ended up with alpha mission. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, that's uh, if you've ever played it, uh, you know what I mean? But uh, yes, this is a, as basic an NES shooter as you could possibly ever imagine with just maybe like one or two twists on it uh, that maybe aren't even that good. Well, this is an early-ish NES shooter. Both of these games are, and they're both based on uh, arcade games from the same time frame. And, you know, you have to remember that before the NES, if you were talking consoles, and especially if you're talking in the U.S., you're really only talking about the 2600 and television, ColecoVision, you know, those, those early systems that really couldn't do this kind of game. There are a few examples of ones they tried to do that pulled this off, but most of the time it ends up being a single-screen shooter like a Space Invaders or, um, you know, Yars Revenge, games where it doesn't have to do the scrolling and all the, the levels of, of action you get in these kind of shooters. So even though both of these, if you have not played them before or if you're, you know, 
younger than us, don't seem that impressive. At the time, to have a game like either of these at home was still uh, still kind of a new thing. Uh, yeah, even even though, like, uh, you know, I think if you look back on the NES and you try to play any of those shooters now, technically, I think that was maybe the, the genre that suffered the most. Uh, because, you know, even playing things like Contra or any sort of side-scroller, anything that had a lot of stuff going on screen, the NES wasn't very good. It had a lot of flicker. It had a lot of slowdown. And just about any sh- arcade shooter out there had a lot going on. You know, that was their thing. So even though they didn't translate very well to the NES, uh, I mean, the games we're going to talk about today had a lot of flicker and, and a lot of technical issues and stuff like that. But at the same time, playing it back then and just having a scrolling shooter, as sad as it sounds, uh, it was kind of neat. You know, it was, uh, I mean, that might have been one of the reasons why I picked it was just because it was a, you know, you, you look on the back of the box, it still looks like a neat game. You're flying around in a, a spaceship shooting enemies and got stuff that you can kill on the ground. It, it was cool back then, and it was something that you didn't get a lot of uh, pre-NES. So, uh, yes, this was uh, – look. if you played it now, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? This looks like garbage. Uh, but back then, these were some pretty pretty impressive things to have on a home console. Well, and Alpha Mission specifically, I think, especially if you play it now, or honestly, if you were a big fan of the arcade game, uh, which came out in 1985, this released in 1987 uh, on the, the NES in the U.S., and if you were a fan of the original game, at first you'd be like, great, this does kind of feel like the actual game. But it's a it's a pretty bad version of it. Um, the Alpha Mission is, uh, both of these games are similar, but Alpha Mission is a top-down, scrolling from bottom to top space shooter uh, that you have a, a, a laser gun that fires at things in the air, and you have missiles that fire at things on the ground, very much like a, a Xevious or, or one of those those. You know, games where you have a bomb button that actually attacks ground units. That's not incredibly uncommon, but that's one of the, I guess, schools of these kind of games, right? So Alpha Mission, at, at first glance, is that. And especially on the NES version, when you start the game, you know, your ship's at the bottom of the screen, it flies at the top. It is the slowest ship. It is barely just trudging along. And once you realize, okay, there are these pyramids on the ground, I have to shoot with my missiles, and you shoot one with your missile, uh, a lot of the pyramids will then... Uh, in theory, they're supposed to open up. In the arcade, it looks a little more like they're opening up. But on on the uh, <laughs> on the NES, they just kind of vanish, and these letters show up in place. Now, hopefully, especially if you bought the game, you had the manual, and you could see what these things do. But there's, I mean, at first glance, you're like, whoa, there's like 100 letters in this game. There's letters all over the place. I don't know what they mean. Uh, they are fairly self-explanatory once you get the breakdown. But it's still a lot of power-ups done as letters, and so you have to remember what equals what. Uh, it, it was very confusing at first, and and the first thing you need to do in this game, and a lot of, of early shooters do this, like Gradius does it too, is you better find yourself a speed pickup. Once you find the S letter and pick it up, that's a speed pickup, your ship in, immediately goes from being the slowest, sludgiest ship in any space game I've ever played to at least being something you can control and dodge some things. And to add to the confusion of the very first time that I played it, I don't know if it was the game or the NES, but... When I first turned it on, all of the background, like not the enemies and not my ship, but just the background was made out of numbers. Uh. Like it was it was like, <laughs> like ones and seven, like literally just numbers were making up the background. 
And I was just like, well, this is an interesting aesthetic choice for this game. I didn't even think in my dumbass like kid head that like this was fucked up or anything. Uh, so I just thought the game was made out of numbers. So I was like, it's, you know, what the fuck is this? But yes, the second time I turned it on, it was it was normal. I was like, well, this is much better looking than the fucking numbers that I had earlier. Uh, but yes, it is uh, even once it looks correct. If you don't read the instructions, it's kind of strange because a lot of the power ups are just they're literally just letters, large letters. Uh, you've got large E's. You've got backwards E's. Uh, you've got, you know, the uh, you're in uh, the uh, the ones you were talking about. You've got your speed. Uh, you've also got ones that will kind of make the game harder for you, like the R. I don't know if you ran into the R, but it will send you back into the stage if you actually run into it. Uh, making the game even more tedious because it's not the fastest game in the world. Um, especially with that, oh, I have to ask you, how'd you enjoy that music? The music is very bad. The music in, <laughs> in both of these games is not good and very repetitive. Uh, this is not a shooter that changes music by by level. It's the same music the whole time you're playing it. Uh, it, it, it is oh not God, good, it's and it's, it's really bad music. And I guarantee oh. we've already played it uh, before you're at this point in the podcast, and it never gets better. No, it just loops that one part where it's like the siren, where it's like, or whatever, over, like, it, it's only like a 20 second, if that, uh, loop of a fucking song, it loosely song, uh, it, it's just horrible, and it doesn't help that the sound effects and everything like that, everything else that's coming out of this game sounds like it's from a 2600, uh, it is just a, it's not a good sounding game at all. I don't know if I've ever had a game in my entire life leave a worse impression. Impression, uh, the first time I played it. it, it was just awful, and it was one of those things. Is like I'm sitting there, I'm like, I have spent forty dollars on this game. <laughs> I spent like four months saving this up, and this is what I. Billy's talked about it before, where you just get this, everything just goes down. You just get this feeling in your stomach of just like incredible depression of just what you spent your money on and that's exactly what happened i was just sitting there with the controller in my hand listening to this horrible music collecting my letters getting the r and being sent back into the fucking level uh, it just it was not a good feeling and i i it's one of those games that no matter how much much someone may enjoy that game that impression ruined the rest of the game for me even if it does kind of do some interesting stuff. And it does. And we'll get to the positive things about this game, or at least what it tries to do in a minute. And you're right. The first, after you talked about how bad this game was, I have the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection on the Switch. And I was like, you know, I've never played the NES version of this game. I, I tried the arcade version, and it's fine. It's a very competent, Xevious sort of, of clone. I'll, I'll pick this up and give it a shot. And yeah, man, when it starts, the music is bad. The, the, the fact that the ship is so slow, um, they do try to do the actual layouts from the arcade game, which is impressive, but it just doesn't translate well to the NES. Uh, you know, you mentioned games like Contra and other things that did play well in the NES. They also changed all those games. I mean, Contra's pretty close, but it still has some changes, but especially things like Bionic Commando and, and a lot of the games we remember from the NES that had arcade games. When you actually played the arcade game later, you're like, whoa, this is a totally different game. Yeah, because they knew they couldn't pull it off on the NES, so they made their own thing. In some cases, that game was better. In, in you know, We talked about Rygar. That's one that it's completely different than the arcade. And I love the NES version of Rygar more than the arcade, but if you wanted that arcade feel, you know, a lot of these Nintendo 
classic NES ports would be totally different games. This game and Star Fox both try to be as close as possible to the original, and I think that's uh, that didn't work out to their benefit uh, <laughs> in in the situation of this game. Uh, the the other thing I noticed when you're in that you literally you get in the first level, you start going up. After you kind of figure out, okay, this is what these power ups do or whatever, your shots, your regular laser shots, when they hit enemies, it doesn't make any kind of noise that it hurt them. And it, I couldn't even tell if I was really doing any damage because because the collision is not great, uh, especially with that weaker gun. I couldn't tell what I was actually hitting or not. So I felt like I was firing, and it like felt like if it felt like working, it would work. It was really really clunky and not. It did not feel good. Like I didn't feel like I was actually hitting things until I got my guns really powered up, and then it was more obvious. The missiles don't have that problem. Just the lasers and the flying enemies do. Yeah, nothing is really feeling like it connects. Like what it does in the arcade and I haven't actually played the arcade, but I watched a video of it before this just to see, you know, what it was. And that seems like a much more competent game, but this seems like a very early NES shooter where they were just kind of still maybe trying to figure out how to fit this kind of game on the NES. And at bare minimum, they did that. The problem is that it's not very satisfying to play. Even once you get all everything uh, at a decent power, like your speed and your your laser and all that stuff, still just shooting enemies doesn't feel very good. Uh, it's it's just because of the flicker and and the lack of any sort of like I don't know just decent hit detection. Like you said, it it's not great, and I think that's one of those things that like a a, a good shooter needs to have. Like you play Life Force on the NES and you have all of that. I think Life Force is, is the best shooter on the ADS. It's one that I absolutely love. But you you get all of that. You get great hit detection. You get, uh, you know, it, it's it, you feel like you're powerful. You just feel like you're you're smoking through these enemies once you're powerful. But like in Alpha Mission, you're just slowly plodding along. And even once you have all that stuff, it's just like, man, this is this is not that fun. Well, it, it's. Again, it tries to do a lot, and I think the arcade pulls it off, but you know, we're not here to talk about the arcade version of, of Alpha Mission. So the, the pickups you get in the levels, uh, we mentioned most of them, but I'll, I'll just go through them real quick. Uh, S speeds up your ship, L powers up your laser, M powers up your missiles. Those are all very straightforward. The E's, when you first pick it up, there's an energy meter at the bottom that as you pick up the regular E's, you get two energy. And backwards E's, I didn't pick up on purpose because I figured they were bad, but they aren't. It's actually worth four energy. So you want to get as many E's as you can and get that energy meter as high as it can get. The reason that matters is the select button on the controller will take you to a screen that shows several different... Uh, powered up versions of your current ship. Which ones are there depends on what you found in the level. Sometimes you'll go through the level and you'll find uh, after you blow up one of those those pyramids, like uh, an outline of a, a a red outline of a ship that looks similar to yours, but obviously either has like a bigger cannon on it or some other things. If you pick those up, they will then show up in your select screen as well. But you basically use your select screen, you fly your ship over the ship you're thinking about using, and there's eight of them, and they're all pretty different and all pretty cool actually. Um, and your ship will transform into that ship. Most of them are all way better guns. Uh, one of them is just a shield that goes over your ship, but that's incredibly helpful on some of the bosses because it, it lets you take damage instead of your energy will take damage hits because normally one hit on your ship will kill you. Um, 
when you're when you're in those most powered up forms, you need to have that energy as high as it can. Because some of them, it's like every shot uses up two to four energy. Some of them, it's based on time. Some of them, it's like the shield is based on how many hits you're taking. So you want that energy meter to be as high as possible so that when you do transform, you get as much as you can out of it. Once your energy runs out, you turn back to your normal ship with whatever you had powers up before. Eh, that doesn't, that's not too bad, but compared to the powered up versions of your ship, it's, it's nowhere near as good. I thought that was an incredibly cool mechanic on this game, the transformations. Um, however, it, since there is so many different limits on, you have to have found the the uh, red outline of the ship you want to get. You have to make sure you have enough energy. And this game likes to throw garbage at you for power-ups as well. So along with those positive power-ups we mentioned, uh, there is a C. Uh, C takes care, gets rid of all of your energy and powers you down to your base form. So if you're unlucky enough to have bombed something and then accidentally run over a C, you're back to the same state you were at the very start of the game, no matter how powered up you were before. And that is... Maybe my least favorite power. I would rather just die than, than do that, because I, at least when you die, you have a chance of, of powering up a little bit. They don't just throw you back in the middle of a battle. Um, there's a K. K is actually positive. I should have mentioned it before. K is, is another thing I thought was really cool in this game. What Whenever you pick up a K, it means when you die, your next ship comes back with all the same power you had when you died. That's awesome. That's great. That's wonderful. And then if you die again before picking up a K, you go back to your base form. The backwards K, unlike the backwards E, which is a better version of E, the backwards K just powers you back down to your base form, but you don't lose your energy. It's also horrible. So if you run into Ks, uh, or I mean a backwards K or a C, you're immediately back to like a terrible version of your ship, no matter how far you are in the game. You mentioned before the R. The R, I couldn't figure out what it did at first because on the NES, you pick up an R and all of a sudden the screen just like flashes black and then you're back at the start of the level and i was like what what was that what did i did i miss something up in the arcade version it actually like scrolls the screen backwards real fast so you can see you've been warped or whatever uh there are there are w's that warp you forward in the game i never found one of those uh and then there's an f which i thought just basically destroyed all the pyramids on the screen and that is essentially what it's doing but it's supposed to be that all the pyramids open up so you can get their power-ups not just they explode but on the nes it just looks like all the pyramids explode uh for the next you know screen and a half, and you get all those power-ups without having to shoot it down with your missiles. Um, it tries to do a lot. I really like the power-ups. I really like like, like the ship power-ups when you can pick a new ship, and, and they're all very different. One shoots eight different directions. One gives you a shield. One makes you have like a flamethrower on the front of your ship. Like They're all really cool, and not just like, oh yeah, this was a red version of your ship, and it's a little faster. They're all very different and, and really cool uses of the mechanic. Yeah, there's, I mean, the game is doing a, a good amount of stuff with these power-ups. Uh, coming from, you know, my previous shooter before this, of uh, 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 the shooter that I played the most anyway was Tiger Heli, which is, really doesn't do anything in the power-ups department besides just putting a couple of choppers next to you the further you get. Uh, this this has a lot going on in the power-ups department. And I we've mentioned before on podcasts where if you have anything in your game, any sort of power-up or, or pickup that makes you like power down or kills you or makes the game harder, instantly almost gets a negative review. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things. And this game is kind of filled with, with a lot of those things, uh, especially the rewind. I, I can't stand that. Uh, but yes, even like powering down, uh, it, that's it's even worse in this game because it's definitely one of those shooters to where if you die, you just there's no you don't just reappear right there. You restart back at the beginning of the stage, even if you're at the boss. If the boss kills you, 
you start back at the beginning of the stage. You just don't come back with another life and, and keep going. So it is one of those games, and it is also one of those games where once you lose all of those power-ups, it is so much harder to get through that you almost just want to restart the game anyway because you're just at such a disadvantage with that slow-ass ship and and no power-ups or anything like that. Well, and but, the, oh, go ahead. Uh, but that whole energy thing uh, is kind of, it's, I, it's not a saving grace, but it's a cool idea. Uh, being able to know that you're you're saving up energy and collecting it and then being able to hit that select button and also collecting these different power-ups as you go through because you're you know you're constantly seeing these new power-ups you like you want to try it and i forget how many it is but there's like a good amount in there um what is it like maybe uh, what seven seven or eight or there, nine ships there's eight ships that you can turn into uh, plus okay. your base form, and then again, you have all those other letter power-ups and stuff. So, I mean, there's there's a lot going on. I mean, even just the first level of this game, there's power-ups everywhere. You got to figure out what they all do. It's it it looks it looks like it's trying to do a lot, but the NES really is not doing it any favors in uh, in what it's capable of doing. So, we already mentioned that it has the 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 problem where you you can't really feel like you're hitting things until your guns get a little more powerful. And on bosses, it's worse. On bosses, I couldn't tell when I was hitting things. I felt like I I was just like that first boss is like a, it looks like almost like a box with tentacles on it and it flies around and it shoots a couple of bullets at you. It's not really hard, but I couldn't tell when I was doing damage to it until it just exploded. I, I hate that. I like, you know, you mentioned uh, Life Force. Any game where at least like it flashes or something to let you know you're doing damage to it, I need that. And the fact that this doesn't do that is uh, almost inexcusable That on its own. But yeah, the power downs are are painful and they're not they're not gradual power downs. It's not like it's, it's a negative, you know, a, a a backwards case. Oh, it powers you down one level of each thing. No, it's back to, to square one. It just sucks. It's absolutely like a, a completely over the top powering down of your ship for no reason. Uh, and, and especially at the speed you're trying to dodge everything at later on in the game and trying to hit everything with your missiles and trying to hit everything. Sometimes you're blowing things up the right in front of you. You don't have a chance to get out of the way before you realize you've grabbed it. And you're like, oh, that was a C. Guess I'll play a different game now because this is it. I'm done. I'm never going to get back to this point again. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. And uh, even with that cool uh, energy system and, and power up thing, it really seems like it's all about collecting all of the energy you can during the actual stage and then using the uh, whatever power up, you know, hitting that select button at the boss and then getting something that can kill it as fast as possible. Uh, so even then, it, it seems like all of that is just kind of there to use on the bosses. You don't have to, but if you want to get far into the game which unfortunately i did as a kid because i played this enough back then because i bought it and i had to it's one of the few games i had uh that that's kind of the way that that you're supposed to get through the game uh so yeah i i don't know alpha mission ain't great <laughs> it's just i've heard that it made a really great sequel uh but i, I as far as like the actual nes game um some neat ideas but just I don't think there's enough there, and I think it's maybe just a little bit too early uh, of an NES shooter to really, I don't know, make you want to play it at all, especially over something better like Life Force. Well, yeah, there there are definitely better games that came out, I mean, shortly after this. It is an early game, but it's not as early as I thought. 1987 is 
is early in the system, but I really thought this was like just after launch kind of stuff, and it's it's not great. Again, if you have the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, you can try the arcade version as well. That is actually, you can see what they were aiming at, and you can see, you know, it doesn't have all the same problems we discussed here, but it's still just as brutal uh, with the downgrades of your equipment and, and how bad things like reverse are. So if, if those are what's your deal breaker here, that may not change your opinion, but at least it, it feels more like a game you'd want to play. Um, and as it is, Alpha Mission is a completely... Uh, skippable game with a lot of cool ideas and yes there is a sequel that came out alpha mission 2 came out in 1991 for the neo geo and you can find that actually as well on the switch it was re-released as one of the johnny arcade collections i think so you can find that if you want to try it i have never played it uh, but i would like to at least see if that takes these ideas and and runs with it i i looked at a little video of it and it does look much nicer and it looks like it plays a lot better but uh but i don't know too much else about it um the other side of the same coin of games that were arcade ports that, you know, tried to do a bunch on Nintendo, this game tried to do a lot and failed at most of it, but it had a lot of cool ideas. Uh, Star Force is a, a game by Tecmo. It came out in 1984 in the arcades and was ported to the NES in 1986. So that is super early. Um, it is the most basic shooter that I've ever played almost any time ever on any system, including the 70, you know, I had some some shooters on the, on like the Commodore 64 that were pretty bad. This though does as little as possible to, to, dif to differentiate itself from any other top-down shooter. It's like Alpha Mission tried to do a lot of cool things. There's a whole bunch of different power-ups. You have all these different ships you can be. There, there's warps that go all around this place. Uh, this game has one gun, and then you get one power-up that makes your gun shoot a little bit faster. That is the only power-up you get in the entire game. You get that same power-up over and over again, but it doesn't do anything else. You have two statuses, regular ship or the, the faster shooting version of the same ship. And this game has 25 levels that are almost exactly the same. It's another top-down, scroll from the bottom to the top, space shooter. But you don't have... You can do a little bit of scrolling left and right uh but it's it's like the game still goes from bottom to top it's just like the the playing field's a little bigger than your screen but that doesn't really do much for you every level is exactly the same in that you fight a wave of enemies that are all the same type of enemies two or three times then you go to a mini boss thing that's always the same exact mini boss uh that looks like a, a a diamond that has edges that fall onto it so it becomes a bigger square and it doesn't do anything else other than get in your way and then you fight a boss at the end of each level that is literally the letter that explains the level because it goes from alpha to omega so it's greek letters and it's a square and it flies back and forth and you shoot it a bunch and it explodes and you start the next level and it's the exact same thing again it gets a little faster the enemies get a little more difficult as it goes on but it's the bosses never change the music never changes there's no additional power-ups. You're just picking up score power-ups the entire time, so you can get some extra lives here and there. But that is it. It is... I mean, literally, if you just told somebody, I want to write a space shooter, but I don't want it to do anything notable, Star Force is your game. And even after saying all that, coming from playing Alpha Mission, I thought this was a far better game. <laughs> it, it, it plays better. It's the better game technically. Uh it's just, you know, it feels fun to shoot things. I, you know, it's after just not really knowing what my lasers are connecting with and just kind of the, all the jank that a game that apparently came like a year, year and a half later after Star Force, uh, this is a far better feeling and playing game 
even uh, as as basic as it is. Uh, you know, you don't really have to try a whole bunch of new stuff to be a fun game. And, you know, even though this is trying maybe one-fourth or one-fifth of what Alpha Mission tried, uh, this the, I, I enjoyed myself, my time playing this far more than, than I did Alpha Mission. Yeah, no, this is this is a definitely a far better NES game. Um, it, it is, the collision feels good, generally. Uh, the, the ship already starts at a, at a manageable level. Since it doesn't upgrade a lot, thankfully your base form is not just sludge. It, it actually moves around pretty good. And the enemies are, are varied enough, especially later on in the game, that, that I don't feel like I'm fighting, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing Galago or I'm fighting the same six ships over and over again. I mean, that's different, different kind of game. But it's more that style of shooter where you're fighting the same things over and over again, but they get a little faster, a little harder. Uh, it, it's just, I don't know, I don't know if it's my problem with this game is mainly that the bosses are just a big cube with a letter on it every level and they never ever change. Even up to the very end of the game, if you make it to Omega, it's just a big box that says Omega. And that, that <laughs> that's was, it. that was like the one thing I was like, at least Alpha Mission had actual bosses and you know, they weren't very, they weren't, weren't very good, but you know, by the time I made it to the first boss in Star Force and it was just, it was the letter A. As just what, what I know it's the NES, but goddamn, uh, this is just you know at least put some wings or some missiles on that fucking thing. Like ju it's just literally like you said a fucking box with the letter A, and it's it's almost jarring because you're just like, well, this is this is cute. This is what this is what happened on the NES. Uh, but yeah, I even still though i had more fun killing that letter a than i did that that stupid tentacle boss in the first first level of alpha mission yeah it it is when you get to the boss the first time and you're like that's that's it it doesn't shoot at you it doesn't have a weird pattern you have to figure out it just goes left to right slowly across the screen and you shoot it until it explodes and if you somehow don't do that and you you let it get by you and it scrolls off the bottom of the screen you do the whole level again and until you get to that boss and you you do the same thing and even later on it's like the bosses have a lot more health if you've got that that second power up that essentially just gives you turbo fire, um, you're just blasting these things to pieces before they even really form on the screen. Like it is, it's a goofy boss, and the arcade was the same thing. It's not like it was like, oh yeah, the arcades and the the boss in the arcades were incredible. Nope, the boss in the arcades were a box with a letter on them. Like it's just the exact same thing. I I I, I just like that was the thing that like a human brain came up with. Like it was just like we what do we 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 need a boss. What's the boss? Well, we're going through stages that are, you know, A through whatever. Um, a, put it in a box. Put the, the actual letter in a box. And, Done. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all we want to do. Okay. Well, we'll put two guns at the bottom of the screen where it starts. But then as soon as you scroll past that, they go away. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous uh, as far as that goes. However, the game definitely makes up for it because the... The regular levels, while they're fairly short and all, you know, it's not like you go any, you're always on a space station. They all look very similar, but the enemies do get more varied. Uh, I don't know how far you got in this, but at about f level four or five, um, these diamonds start appearing and they move very slow. But when you shoot them, they explode into four fireballs that shoot diagonally like across the screen. And you're fighting eight or nine of them at a time. So you have to be incredibly careful with how you take them down. And if you take too long, then the next wave of enemies come in. So you're not just dodging you know, trying to make sure you can hit these things and, and destroy them so they don't destroy you. You're now dodging a bunch of other ships that are flying around and firing at you. And the bullets in this game from the enemies are, are fairly fast, so you do need to pay attention. It it It's a very bullet-helly shooter at, at times. Um, I mean, I would think nothing like modern, quote, bullet hells, where literally the screen has one space you can stay in. But you have to keep moving. There's almost no safe spots to sit still. I mean, once the level starts, 
Until you get to that big box letter on it, that's pretty easy. The rest of the level is a lot of dodging. Um, it's not as much like you get overpowered and, and blast things apart. There's a lot of games like that. I mean, you mentioned Tiger Heli, uh, which didn't have a lot of power-ups, but eventually you are basically like just firing six or seven shots in front of you in that game, so you're really just blasting everything as much as you can. This never gets to that. You always have a fairly small you know, two-gun two shooting thing, and just two bullets at a time straight up. There's no spread gun. There's no shields. There's nothing that destroys everything on the screen. It's just a whole lot of you, you know, just trying to, to get through these levels of enemies. And and I I don't hate the game. And even when I had it as a kid, it wasn't like I hated it. But I got this after it was not, you know, when I got this, it wasn't new. When I got it, it was years down the road. I already had played like Gradius and, and Life Force and other games that were way better. So to get this and just be like, oh, that's that's it. This is the game. It's endless as far as I was concerned, levels of the same thing the same level same music same background it is it is by far the like the most no frill shooter that i've played on the nes but a very competent one it does feel good to to play it first if you're only playing a couple levels and putting it away it's actually really fun but it is it is if you play the first level of star force you've played every level of star force and i guess we should probably mention that these are very tough games like what you mentioned that's both of them i know alpha mission is a very long shooter. Like if you just play this game straightforward, it's probably going to take you around an hour without dying. And that's if you know what you're doing. But like these games, I, you know, they're tough as nails and there's not really much of a reward for, for getting through them uh, yeah, besides no. just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Uh, so I, I don't know. Which, which would you prefer to play at the end of the day? I mean, for the NES, I think Star Force, hands down, is the one I'd go with. I think it, I think it plays better. I think it is a more fun game because the collision's good. I don't feel like like it's a sloppy game. I just think it's a little dull at times. Where I thought, you know, I really wanted to like Alpha Mission. I really wanted to enjoy what it was offering, but I just don't think it was nearly, nearly as good as uh, as Star Force. I, I'm in the same camp. I mean, if I would have bought Star Force at forty bucks, at least. I would have been able to play that first stage and been like, all right, you know, this is a thing. I'm actually playing it. I'm having fun with it. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's broken uh, technically or anything like that. So, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm fighting a cube with the letter A in it, but whatever. Hey, uh, with Alpha Mission, it just it, there was just that sinking feeling the entire time. And every single time I try to play it to this day, even for this podcast, it's like as soon as that music starts up and that siren goes. Oh, you, know, you just you just kind of feel it all over again. And uh, hopefully at this point I can I can leave Alpha Mission behind and uh, maybe at some point play the play the sequel and, and see how that is. Star Force had a sequel as well. Uh, Star Force two or Super Star Force. I'm sorry. Came out for the Nintendo. I've never played it. I looked at a video of it and it's uh, another game that tries to add uh, a different gameplay style. So not only do you have these shooter levels like you do in this, uh, it does have walking sections, almost like Blaster Master did. Nowhere near as good. I'm a little uncoherent. I couldn't figure out how it was switching back and forth and why. Um, but again, I, that was just watching a video, not playing it. Uh, I, I would not say I'm in a rush to try that one either, but uh, I, I'd like to see what the difference was because this game looked okay. It played okay. Just, just kind of dull. <laughs>
So that's our thoughts on two NES shooter games that probably no one's going to rush out to play. But I know everybody had a game like this, a game you bought when you, you know, you you had $20 in your pocket, $40 in your pocket. You couldn't get the one you wanted or, you know, the only place you could buy games was the Radio Shack that only had six games. So you grabbed whatever you could find that you didn't already have. And and you forced yourself to play it. You forced yourself to to. to to feel like there's more here and, and you're going to give it a shot because, God damn it, you don't get any other games that year. You're going to play it. Uh, so if you have any games like that, you know, feel free to send it to us. Uh, let us know your thoughts on a game similar to that. Or if you have played either Star Force or Alpha Mission on the Nintendo and think we're being too harsh, you can always let us know that by sending a comment on our comment form available at Retrovania.net. It's a best place to reach us if you have a comment on a show or if you have a question for us, like the questions we have coming up right now. Yeah, this week we're going to start off with JRC, and uh, he's wanting to know what's going on with Patreon. Well, he's just wanting to write to us about Patreon. I've been working my way through your old episodes for some time. I love the show. It's definitely one of the best retro gaming podcasts that I've found. Oh, thank you, JRC. As I started getting close to being caught up, I decided to check out the Patreon to get to get access to the bonus episodes. I'm taking advantage of your free month, but I already know that I'll be sticking around. Honestly, the fact that you've offered a free month considering the situation was enough to ensure that I'd subscribe. I'm looking forward to working through the bonus episode backlog. Thanks for the podcast and all that you do for the community. Well, thank you. Uh, we we really wanted to, to offer something, and we're a retro gaming podcast can't do a whole lot other than, hey, we have some extra shows. Uh, if you have a lot of free time right now or, or just need some distraction, here you go. Uh, we, we will probably continue this into May, uh, not charging. I'll, I'll make a decision on that towards the, the end of April. But uh, based on everything I'm seeing, I don't think this is going to be a drastic change in May. I, I hope to be back to everything to be back to normal by the end of May and, and June. We can get back to charging. But, yeah, thank you for checking it out. Anyone who's interested right now, if you check out our Patreon, it is completely free to download all the uh, previous episodes, you just have to sign up as if you were going to pay, but there will be no charge. And that's all explained on there as well. Uh, I do have to say, if you're getting to the point where you're excited for the end of uh, the last episode of the Fantasy Star show, it's coming. Billy and I have already discussed trying to do it several times, but he keeps getting called into work. We will we will finish it. We finished the game. We have a lot to say. We just uh, haven't had time to record it. And real quick, just because uh, we mentioned Billy... Uh, this is, you know, we, we've said that he works in healthcare and he is one of those guys in hospitals. Uh, last we heard, he is working 11, 12 hour days. So this isn't just Billy being lazy and, and not wanting to do the podcast. Uh, he's, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, to fit in a podcast whenever you're, you're working those kind of hours, like, you know, five, six days a week. So hopefully he gets back here soon. And I think that's one reason, uh, another reason why we've, we're offering these episodes is free because we're just not sure who's going to be here on a weekly basis but we would like to offer something for you guys to listen uh listen to and, and maybe get past all this boredom of, of sitting inside your house uh anyway your next question is coming in from jonathan and uh he's writing in about arcade versus console ports and i uh, see what he says here as I was listening to your Super Contra arcade bonus episode, I was thinking about how much I hate the arcade versions of Contra, even though I love the NES console versions. Are there any other titles that you guys can think of that were either significantly better on console or more popular or well-received? I mean, I think this is... Uh, we already kind of mentioned some of them. I think uh, a lot of the, the Capcom games, the Bionic Commando is a good example. Uh, a game is completely different on the Nintendo than the arcade. Ninja Gaiden uh, is is 
is another one that the arcade version, a totally different game than what the NES put out. Um, better or worse, I think it depends on if you played the arcade a bunch. I think, you know, you didn't care for uh, Super Contra because uh, you were used to the Super C on the Nintendo. I was very much the same, and, and I th- still think that Super C is a is a better game, but if I would have played Super Contra in the arcades when it was new and then tried the, the port for the Nintendo, I may have been less enthused. Uh, but I, I think generally especially for people who kind of grew up with the NES and, and arcades weren't right around the corner. For me, it was a special treat to go to an arcade. So the games that were on NES that were especially the, the side-scrolling action games that they kind of changed a lot for the system, I enjoy the NES versions more. Uh, shooters, like we mentioned today, I would much, much rather play the arcade game. Yeah, the especially back then, I think, you know, the arcades, like we mentioned, just technically, they were they were better games to play. Uh, but still really cool to play on the NES. I'm in the same boat. Uh, you know, I, I played the NES Contra way before I ever played the arcade version years later, and I was shocked as to what the, the arcade version actually was compared to what I knew and loved on the, on the NES. I mean, it's almost not even the same game, uh, just how much they changed it. And I thought that was that was really crazy. As as just what they did to fit that game on the NES, and uh, it, it's really crazy. Uh, just the amount of stuff that they added and how it, they chopped that game up to make what they could on the NES. And I still to this day think that that is a far far better game than what was in the arcade. Super C, I did play the arcade before the NES game came out, but still even then I was really pretty impressed with what they were man- what they managed to do on the NES. It was still Contra. It still felt exactly like the original, but it had all that cool stuff that Super C added in uh, from the arcade, which was also a huge step up from what the original Contra on the arcade was. So uh, generally, yeah, most of those came on the NES as far as like games that I love on the NES that I could just, you know, never play on the arcade again. Um, later on, it, it seemed to just kind of blur a little bit, especially once the Super NES got there. A lot of those games were very much trying to emulate the arcade game. Um, you know, the original, I, I think the ones that come to mind most are like the original Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo was not great. Uh, I would rather play the arcade any day, but then Mortal Kombat 2 on the Super NES was just amazing uh, to the point where I still to this day would I, I prefer to play the Super NES version of Mortal Kombat 2. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of other stuff out there, but uh, those are those are kind of the ones that come to mind. Yeah, I think I think fighting games are you know shooters in the these level consoles, the NES, the, the even the early 16-bit shooters were kind of the thing that arcades did better because they could handle all those you know having 50 ships on the screen, all this other stuff. The Nintendo would flicker out and go crazy. Um, I think fighting games for the the 16-bit generation were the games where the arcades you'd much prefer to play. I mean, they, yes, there were some good ports on the NES or on the, sorry, there were some good ports on the Super Nintendo and Genesis, but generally, if you could play the arcade version, it was far superior uh, for fighting games. Yeah, there's, uh, I think there's also the the modern remake of Bionic Commando on the Xbox 360, uh, which was a, just a phenomenal remake of the NES game, which, you know, was a remake of the arcade game. Uh I think I would actually prefer to play the the 360 remake over the NES version to this day. So, I mean, it, it just, it keeps going. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, definitely. All right, next question comes in from Joey M. And he's wanting to 
talk to us about Star Fox 2. Hi, folks. Thanks for generous, generously opening up the bonus shows for free during this strange moment in Reality Prime. I'm not sure if you guys like reading questions about the bonus shows since they're just a bonus after all, but I had to write in when I heard the Star Fox 2 episode. I was sad to hear you guys make the same fatal mistake in your review that IGN and many other people did. To be brief, Star Fox 2 does not open up the whole game unless you play on expert mode, which has to be unlocked by getting a good score in hard mode. I don't know the exact number, but you gotta shoot for at least a B rating. It breaks my heart because if this was a game that had come out in 1996 as intended, this would be, a, this would be common knowledge. When you play Star Fox 2 on Expert, believe me, you will see some amazing stuff that really pushes the Super NES to the breaking point, including a challenging and dazzling final boss fight, and it will really give your skills a workout as well. As well, You cannot judge this game by playing it on normal mode, which is actually just a tutorial in disguise. I'd also like to add that the real reason the game was canceled, not because it's a turkey, far from it in fact. Star Fox 2 was canned because Nintendo wanted to sell more Nintendo 64s. They didn't want two Star Fox games competing with each other on different consoles at a time when they were pushing a hardware upgrade. In other words, it's not that Star Fox 2 wasn't good enough to release, it was actually too good to release at the time. It was cold, hard business. Make of that what you will. I can buy that Nintendo chose not to finish this game and release it fully uh, because of the N64. That That is a totally believable statement. Um, I, I have not, uh, this is the first, I did not pre-read this question, so I did not go online and, and try to see if I could find like an expert play of, of uh, Star Fox 2. I, I mean, it's possible, I guess. I'm going to look into it after this and, and see what I can find out. But uh, my problem wasn't just that I felt like it was too easy or... Or, you know, oh, man, this would be great if it had X, Y, and Z. I thought it was like the inside portions, the part where you're walking around in the mech and the bases and stuff. Just just boring. I mean, it it, it felt awkward. It, it didn't look like it was finished. There was just a lot of problems we had with it. Uh, you know, and it was never really released. And it was put out as, as hey, here's as much as we got finished with it. I mean, that's kind of how Nintendo promoted it. So I, I'm going to do a little bit of research to see. I'd love to find out that, yeah, there's this whole other game, more or less, that unlocks when you get to Expert. But I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I definitely want to want to check it out and, and see see what's there, uh, because yeah, we did play through through this game. I think generally when we play through games, uh, unless we just know better, uh, we we play on normal. Uh, you know, we we don't generally try to make these games harder than they need to be, unless we actually know that we need to play them uh, to to get the full experience. And I I definitely I can definitely say I did not do any sort of research on like if you needed to do that with Star Fox 2. I know in, in the original Star Fox playing and the, the different, uh, you know, the different uh, uh, leveled selections or whatever, going through the different planet lines or whatever, you know, that can change the game. Uh, but when I was playing through Star Fox 2, just on normal, it seemed like, you know, you definitely had that option of going where you wanted. And by the time you finished, uh, it didn't seem like... Uh, that I was missing too much, I guess. And knowing this, I'll definitely go back and try it. You know, I, I love Star Fox. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And I was kind of in line with everyone else. This, kind of those walking levels put me off to it, not having the, the full-on Star Fox levels of, of the original, or a lot of them, uh, was one of those things that was just kind of kept me from from enjoying it as much. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to check it out and, and see what we missed. If we uh, if we screwed it up, we will. We, we, we will 
if I can pronounce that, we will r- report back. So yeah, but two of the questions we talked about today mentioned our bonus shows, and including one talking about a, a game we covered on the bonus show, Star Fox 2. Again, they are free right now. Uh, this will be out in the middle of April, so uh, for the next two weeks at least, you can sign up, and as long as you unsubscribe by the end of April, there's no chance you'll be charged, but I'm I'm pretty much not going to charge for May as well. We'll we'll notify everybody ahead of time well before we turn that back on. So if you've ever been interested in the the bonus shows, they're very similar to these shows, but without the, you know, what have you been playing and any kind of letters cut off. So they're only about half an hour, 45 minutes, but just about the games we mentioned. Uh, and we've also tried to do a few things that are a little weird, do a movie review once. We've done that um, the play-along RPG for Fantasy Star that we haven't yet quite finished, but we will. Uh, and, that, that you know, I think we might try some other things, too, uh, before this all is, is said and done, uh, as it's getting harder and harder to schedule all three of us at the same time. I just uh, I just need that last episode of fuck Fantasy Star, it's Jeremy. It's coming. I need, it's coming. I need I, it. I considered it doing on my own, but I think that's not fair to Billy. He did finish this game as well. I, I need to wait for him, and we will we will finish it up. But uh, So, yeah, please check out our Patreon. The link is always in the comments for the podcast itself, but it's also on all of our social media and, again, along with the question form at Retrovania.net. And we will hopefully be back with the game we intended to cover this week in two weeks with Billy. But uh, until then, there will be at least one more bonus show this month. Uh, in between that and the next episode. And if you have any questions or anything else, you know where to find it, retrovania.net, and we will see you next time.